Welcome to the Gate Crashers Podcast, where we storm the gates of publishing and dare to talk about the realities of the industry. I'm your Ivory Tower representative, Amanda Liedeke, literary agent and vice president at McGregor and Liedeke. And I'm your self-publishing insider, Therese Crow, novelist and speaker. So book endorsements. In a previous episode, we went over what is the difference between endorsers, influencers, and street team. Um, so let's talk about book endorsements and how do you get those and what that looks like. And cause you and I were talking, it's never fun to be like, Hey, will no. you say really nice things about me? Right. And I feel like, especially from the self-publishing side, it has to be coming from you because everything comes from you basically. Whereas I guess when I've seen traditional endorsements done, my impression has been that the publisher steps in and helps to make connections, maybe with other authors in their house or with other, you know, um, influencers that they, they just have inroads with that makes sense for the book. Or the agent steps in and says, well, because hopefully the agent is super well-versed in the genre and says, well, I know such and such author and this author, and I bet that they would help endorse your book too. And then, you know, if it's somebody else who brings your book to them, that feels fine. That feels businessy. But when you're self-published, it's kind of like you just hand over your, your book and say, okay, so this book is amazing. You're going to love it. Please say awesome and kind things about me. <laughs> and it feels like super self-serving, which is not usually a thing that writers and authors are very good at, you know? I'm glad you mentioned that because, I mean, the reality is that it's pretty much on the author to find their endorsers. So like if you're with a traditional house, it's pretty much on you to really? go through like, here's who I know, or I've got a friend of a friend who knows this big name. Every once in a while, the publisher will come through with a, with a connection or an endorsement or the agent will. Uh, but most of the time it's on the author to get those blurbs. And so Traditional authors have just the same anxiety that you're talking about. Ew. Where it's it's just like, yeah, yeah. It's slimy everywhere. Yeah. Is that true for both fiction and nonfiction? Even if you're in nonfiction and kind of looking for those big name expert, you know, people, is that still mostly on the author or is is the publishing house? Okay. Yeah. It's mostly on the author. The, the, um, the exceptions to the rule come like, I think more on the fiction side when a publishing house spends a lot of money for a book. And if this is the next Stephen King, and then if that house happens right. to also publish Stephen King, then they might get it in front of him. And it's up to him if he wants to blurb it or not. So, um, so I feel like that happens in fiction, but only for the ones that they feel are going to be like these home run mega money makers. Like this is an author that we really want their career to succeed. Most books don't get that kind of attention. <laughs> so womp womp. So if you see a back of a book and it has more endorsements on it rather than, you know, that block of text that gives you a basic summary of the story, is that usually a sign that actually this is going to be a really great book because I I always prefer to just have a summary of the story on the back rather than a bunch of big names telling me that I'm going to love it because I don't know what I'm going to love about it you know 
usually in my experience, and I don't know, I think an editor might correct me at some point, but in my experience, if the back of the book has a ton of blurbs, that's usually a sign that's been selling well already. And they feel like they don't need that back text. People already know what they're getting when they're buying that book. So then gotcha. they just got their library journal review or their expert gotcha. reviews. Um, on the inside of the book, when you see pages and pages and pages of reviews, pretty much every time in my experience, those come from the author. Those are existing relationships that the author has with people who are somebody, you know, somewhere like, you know, typically um, when I do, I do a lot of business in the Christian sector. So it's like a lot of pastors, a lot of, you know, those kinds of thought leaders. So, but yeah, that's the author hustling and getting those in um, and making that ask. And it's hard to make that ask and it's stressful. It definitely is. I've coached many people through it. And really it just comes down to saying, Hey, my book is coming out on this date. And I would love if you would give it a look. And if, you know, if you want to, I would love for you to endorse it if you're interested, but yeah, it's definitely putting yourself out there, but that's just good practice for being an author. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah. we do. We need the practice sometimes. Right. Um, gosh, especially hard. Like when you're trying to cash in on kind of like a distant connection, like then it's maybe, I don't know. To me, that would seem more awkward. Um, right. Well, and then, cause then that feels more like, Hey, you're more well-known than I am. Help me be like you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's a little bit. Yeah. And he, it, but here's the not thing. manipulative, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel as good. I think people need to flip it. And like, how would you feel if someone approached you? Most people would be like, oh yeah, I'd, I'd love to help you. Cause it's, it's someone that you know, coming to you and saying, Hey, I've got this book. I would love for you to endorse it you know, I'd be honored, you know, like a lot of people have that kind of reaction where they feel honored or they feel excited. The problem comes when the people are asked so much by so many people that, that it's like, well, I don't have time, <laughs> you know, then you start running into those answers. Right. Um, the many people are, you know, excited to help their yeah, friends. Yeah, that makes or, a lot of sense. But what I, one thing I want to touch on is how it is possible to get an endorsement from someone that you don't necessarily know. And I want to tell a story about this. I was a part of a, a book deal in which the author wrote um, some Enneagram devotionals. And the Enneagram is like a personality test. And so it's, it's a bunch of Christian devotional books. And each book a- appeals to that specific personality type. All right. So it's like a series of nine books. And there's... Um, a band called Sleeping at Last, and they did some songs about the Enneagram a couple years ago. And they're they're pretty well known for these Enneagram songs that they that they that they have, right? So when this devotional series was when we were talking about endorsements, we were like, man, it would be so cool to get an endorsement from Ryan O'Neill, the Sleeping at Last guy because he's already known by many Christian millennials for his Enneagram songs and how great if we could get him to blurb this, this series. So I don't know him, but when I was in high school, I saw him play live in a basement in Peoria, Illinois. And some guys that I went to high school with did kind of know him. So Here's what I did. I was like, well, let me see if I can get this endorsement for you. I went to his website 
totally filled out the contact form like on the website and I just laid it all out there. I was like, this is, I was like, I've been a fan for a long time. This is how like we're kind of connected, but not really. Um, you know, these people, I went to school with them. Like I was connecting these dots in a very haphazard way. Right. He got back to me, would love to endorse the book, send it when you have it. And we got his endorsement. So that's it, awesome. It is possible. And also, I just want to call back to a previous episode when we were talking about agents overpromising, because the way you phrased that was, well, I kind of have a connection here, and I'll see if I can get you this endorsement. It wasn't, oh, I've been a, I've been a fan for years and years. Of course I can reach out. You know, you weren't overpromising anything there either. Right. I was not. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Because I mean, goodness, he didn't have to say yes. I was exactly. just some, goodness. Yeah. So, um, so he said, yes, we got the endorsement and it's, it's just nice to have that. Right. So I use that as an example of it's possible to reach out to these people that you don't really know and see if they will help support you. I think of some of the big names, like if you, let's say you're in the financial budgeting space and you're an author in that space. Well, who, who were the people that really influenced you? Who were the thought leaders and the authors who really encouraged you in that space? Maybe reaching out to them wouldn't be so far-fetched. Maybe, I'm sure they get a lot of requests for endorsements, but it's, I think it's easy. It's easier than we think to reach out, make that ask, try to connect that, those dots on like a heartfelt level and then get um, the response that we're after. So I wrote down some, just some tips to keep in mind for anyone who's wanting to go big with this endorsement thing and go after someone who may seem a bit out of their league. Uh, the first is to never underestimate the power of a website contact form. <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, clearly it works. <laughs> it works. That's how I started talking to my, um, her, to Renee Paquette. She was Renee Young when she was in WWE. I reached out to her via her website contact form. Like, yeah, this is, it works. It works people. So somebody <laughs> so gets that email. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Somebody reads it. So you want to be bold and you want to ask, um, of course you want to be nice and considerate, but just, just make the ask, be brave, be bold. It's, it's over email. So it's, it's not that scary. You want to focus on people that you can make a good connection to, not because you know them, but because you know about them or you're familiar in the space, or you've been a fan for a long time. Like these kinds of things just make them feel more warm and fuzzy when they're interacting with you. Another tip is to consider endorsers who aren't authors. Authors get asked for endorsements all the time, especially if they're a big deal, right? So if you can go outside of that, so again, the sleeping at last example is great. He's a musician. He doesn't necessarily get asked to blur books quite very frequently. So it was something that probably would fit into his schedule a whole lot easier than if you know I were going to go to some best-selling author and ask them. You want to give clear parameters. You want to give a deadline, a word count, if, if there's a certain word count that they shouldn't exceed. Um, 
the genre. You want to be upfront with what the book is about. You just want to give all of that upfront so that they can know whether or not it's doable for them within the time frame. Right. And then just follow up. Of course, be courteous, but check in as needed. I had to do that a couple times with Ryan and just check in with him or with his assistant and say, hey, we're still waiting on this. Do you happen to have it ready? And then boom, then there it came. So Nice. Um, and every once in a while, and this is usually for endorsers that you do have a relationship with, every once in a while, sometimes to lock in that endorsement, you are going to have to offer to either like write it for them <laughs> um, or right. or give them like an idea of what to say. Mm-hmm. Um and again, like you wouldn't do that to people that you don't know, but the people that you do know, if they're busy and if they aren't going to have time to do your book thing, right? write it for them and then just get their approval right. on it. And then of course, going with that, you can be upfront that you don't expect them to read the whole book. You aren't going to, there's not going to be a quiz later. It's okay if they skim it. It's okay if they just kind of like breeze through the first chapter or so, and then write something. At the end of the day, the goal is to get the endorsement. It's not for them to have like a working knowledge of your book. Right. Those are the ins and outs of how to get a book endorsement from people you know, from people you don't know. And in the end, you can do so much more with an endorsement than just putting it on your book. You can make into a shareable quote or a graphic. Um, You can use it in advertisements to target certain audiences. So just try to then use it in ways that are gonna really help it to get the most mileage out of it. And then that way it's more than just a quote on the front that says this book is great. Exactly. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Gate Crashers podcast. If you found value in this episode or in any of the episodes we've done, you can drop a tip in our tip jar. You can send a tip via PayPal. Simply use our link, paypal.me slash gatecrashers, or log into PayPal and search us using our username, which is at gatecrashers. And be sure to be here next week for a brand new episode.